welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast, where we cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. And I'm Jacob. Jacob is back after a two-week absence. Hello. <laughs> Very missed. Everyone said how missed Jacob was. I know. I noticed that the episodes just weren't as good. They were good until the end, and then we kind of floundered because we had no... I we didn't that. have a really good outro. Yeah. We kind of had to fake the outro a little bit. I know. It worked. You it guys needed worked. me to like bring up The Little Mermaid at the end again. I Pretty think. much. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have Pretty any much. Ariel Definitely. references. You need some Ariel. Like, it makes a good ending. We'll bring it back. And, and yeah, because, yeah. There would have been, like, Ariola references, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Jesus. Byron is filling my shoes, I could, <laughs> I could see. Byron's been drinking, so yeah. just forget. Actually, <laughs> no. Uh, all right. So we're finally going to finish off our kind of Asian trilogy thing we got going off going on here. Um, sorry, there's like someone outside laughing. Uh, so our main topic this week is Bruce Lee and kind of the effect he had on cinema. Um, and I actually have quite a long history of Bruce Lee. So Nice. Um, I'm going to try and knock that out pretty quick, but we'll see. Because you so did that f- film essay in college I did. On, on Bruce I did, Lee. I did, I did so a you film know- essay. It wasn't was on him specifically. It was on Asians in cinema and kind of touching on Asians from the right. Pacific Northwest, which he happened to be in the Pacific Northwest for quite a long period of time. Uh, and I was talking about like his son, Brandon Lee, and I talked about... Um, what the hell is that? This is bad. I shouldn't have said this. It's like uh, UG... UG something. He's kind of a kind of a supporting actor. Uh, there's like a couple. There's like four of them. Four people. He's uh, the dad in Johnny Tsunami. That's kind of what I knew him from. Um, Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. So there's like four, you know, kind of Asian actors from the Pacific Northwest. Um, and it was kind of just discussing like what will kind of what I want to kind of ask you guys in a little bit is just like you know the perception. Of Asians in cinema, basically, uh, kind of You're sprouting gonna from. Ask Bruce us Lee. what Asian stereotypes we believe in, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. good. I'm gonna put you on the spot because I got a lot yeah. of them. Oh uh, yeah, the bad driving one is up there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like ex- like specifically like Canadian Asian. Well, the combination is the real killer. That is the combo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, up in Bellingham. You know, in Seattle, you know, people don't really complain about the Canadians like they do in Bellingham because it's, you know, all the Bellingham like shoppers are all Canadians, you know, and all the so, so yeah. that's so that's an actually thing. Like Asians have the stereotype of being bad drivers. Yeah, I didn't know that. Dude, you didn't know that. No, I thought, under, it like, was, I thought it was. I thought it was like I. Th- I thought just because we live so close to the border that it was like Canadian Asian. That's like the no, thing. No, you're that's pretty what, much that's either like... Oh. You're, well, Canadian second Asian, driving, too. Especially that's the, what, and See, that's... Yeah, that's what I heard, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. It's literally everyone... driver... Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's literally it's like everyone a, sucks at driving except for white males. I think that's the... That's the pretty much. <laughs> really? I think pretty that's much. a stereotype that's for that's every kind of other race, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't even heard, like, bad things about, like, African-Americans driving. I'm just, out of, I'm just out of the loop of the stereotypes. No, maybe, when it comes you know, to actually, you might be true. I guess that's not really a stereotype. But, like, if so you think like about, it, like, taxi drivers. God, I'm totally d- digging a hole here. <laughs> I know, uh, yeah. But, you know, like, taxi drivers and Asians and women and 
really really it's just dudes yeah that don't true. have that stereotype that's so true. it's like if you're asian and a driver you're either really bad or you're like a street racer yeah <laughs> exactly no Tokyo I, guess, drift. I guess i guess when you put it that way i do see how especially in like mainstream culture how that that yeah, can definitely perception. be perceived yeah you can perceive it like and just that so people sure. know i'm asian so like you know it's not racist yeah <laughs> Jesus. he gets a pass he gets a pass for uh, every we're all just kidding every we're race kidding. i think yeah you we're know. all just kidding around here. if you want to dive into black territory or or middle eastern you can it's do too, whatever you want You're those subjects Asian. get a little too touchy they get a little too touchy have some angry people knocking on the door ready to wow stop our uh podcast uh <laughs> I'm glad we got there in the first five and a half minutes. Of this. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, uh, goodbye, listeners. I think we yeah, just lost exactly. the rest of them. <laughs> All 25 listeners are now gone. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, so the first film is The Big Boss, released in 1971. A young man, sworn to an oath of nonviolence, works with his cousins in a nice factory where they mysteriously begin to disappear. Uh, the Big Boss was written and directed by Lo Wei. It stars Bruce Lee, Maria Yi, James Tian, Ying Chi Han, and Chi Chen. Uh, the second film was Enter the Dragon, released in 1973. A martial artist agrees to spy on a reclusive crime lord using his invitation to a tournament there as cover. Um, Enter the Dragon was written by Michael Allen and directed by Robert Klaus. It stars Bruce Lee, John Saxon, Jim Kelly, uh, and Anna Capri, Kian Shi, and Robert Wall. Um, holy crap, this is so much longer than I thought it was. <laughs> uh, so, not so br- brief history of Bruce Lee specifically, I guess. Um, sorry for listeners who hate my voice, but it's going to be <laughs> pretty much my voice for a, for a little while here. <laughs> So basically, who is Bruce Lee? Um, He was born in San Francisco in 1940, and at only three months old, he uh, moved with his parents to Hong Kong. He was a poor student and likely struggled with the school environment. Um, After entering high school in 1956, Lee met brother Edward, who mentored him in boxing. And just two years later, Bruce won the Hong Kong school's boxing tournament, knocking out uh, the previous champion. His teen years were filled with street fights, and in one particularly bad case, the police were called. Although this did not stop him from getting into trouble, eventually culminating in him beating the son of a feared triad family. Oh, that's yeah. badass. <laughs> uh, so fearing retaliation and for Lee's life, his father sent him back to San Francisco to live with his older sister, Bruce's older sister. A couple months later, he moved to Seattle, and after completing his high school education, he enrolled in the University of Washington, where he studied dramatic arts, philosophy, and psychology. Uh, His official major apparently was drama, although there's some drama surrounding that. Nice. (laughs) Uh, He met his wife, Linda Emery, while in school and had two children with her. So just kind of a little basic, uh, you know, up into kind of the point where he started to really take off. So, uh, Bruce Lee and his martial arts. So Wing Chun, uh, Wing Chun was the biggest influence on Lee's martial arts career, uh, where he started. He started to study it when he was only sixteen. Uh, this later developed into his own form of martial arts called Jun Fan Gung Fu, Gang Gung, yeah, Jun Fan Gung Fu, uh, which was his approach, which is basically kind of like a his approach to Wing Chun, kind of a altered take on it, I guess. 
Um, and he opened his first school, school for martial arts in Seattle, followed by a second in Oakland. Also, I'm really, really just kind of touching on stuff here. Obviously, there's kind of more to it, but this is the, the key moments of his life, I guess. Um, so, uh, after opening school in Oakland and kind of gaining some renown, just kind of around as a martial artist, uh, he had a private bout with a martial artist named Wong Jack Mann due to uh, either <laughs> Jacob's face right now. <laughs> just laugh it out. I'm laugh not making. It out. I didn't make a joke. I didn't, I didn't out, say anything. Guy. I didn't say anything. <laughs> it's the face. It's the face that I can see. <laughs> the listeners can't see that. So uh, now they all, know. For all they know, I, I wasn't smirking at all. Jesus, <laughs> oh, Wong Jack Man. Um, so he had a private nice. bout with this individual due to either an ultimatum issued by the Chinese community given to him to stop teaching non-Chinese people martial arts, or it was due to a claim that Lee made that he could beat any martial artist in San Francisco. Uh, I guess it's up for debate kind of how this bout happened, but either way he fought him, um, and the accounts continue to differ, uh, on what actually occurred during the fight. So from Wong's camp. Wong side of things. It is said that Lee was overly aggressive and out to kill in a fight that lasted 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, Wong had opportunities apparently to retaliate in violent ways, but supposedly continued to defend himself, not actually doing anything to Lee that's, that was uh, overly aggressive. Hmm. Uh, the fight only ended due to Lee's, quote, unusually winded state. So, you know... Bruce Lee's really known for his physical prowess and his um, stamina. So this was kind of a, like I said, unusual state for him to be in. Right. Uh, Lee's camp, Lee's side of things, states that the fight only took three minutes and was was decisive <laughs> after Lee got Wong to the ground, at which time Wong gave up. So wow. I guess to this day there's some debate <laughs> that's, between that. That's quite a bit of a difference. <laughs> so yeah. basically he fight you long time. <laughs> oh Jesus, dude. Oh God. I'm back. <laughs> Nakey Jakey's back. Wow. Ready. Wow. You had a lot of stuff prepared for this. A lot of I feel I feel like he's probably got notes. <laughs> That's the one thing we can't see is he's, his computer he's just got, he's got post-it notes all around his computer probably. <laughs> I'm old fashioned. Oh jeez. <laughs> so this led to um I mean so basically, you know, regardless of what happened in this fight, uh it changed his philosophy about martial arts forever. Uh from that point on. So Lee basically state said that, you know, the fight lasted too long and he had failed to live up his uh to his potential using the Wing Chun techniques. Wing Chun techniques. And so he developed a style later to be known as Jeet Kune Do, uh, which emphasized, quote, practicality, flexibility, speed, and efficiency. And the idea of, quote, the style of no style. Uh, so he pushed the idea that there should be no, no formalization of technique and that this martial art needed to exist outside of parameters or limitations. And to him... Uh, I guess he would go on to later regret even naming this tech, this style because in naming it, he was automatically restricting it. Mm. That's so, cool. Yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, he's quoted, there's an interesting little kind of interview where he's quoted as, it's kind of a famous quote, I think, where he talks about being water. You know, be be something that shapes itself to something else. Water has no shape. It shapes to mm. whatever. It mm. hap- it's a, if it's in a river, it'll be a river. If it's in a cup, it's a cup. A teapot, you know, a teapot, it's... So kind of don't limit yourself and just make yourself open to each, like, scenario that you come across. Basically. That's cool. I think there's a Israeli martial art that, I forget the name of it, but it's not really related, but it's kind of where it's like it's super adaptable like you just it might be where you use whatever Hmm. is around you to your advantage i guess yeah which is kind of like a water kind of thing you know what i mean like like, you use what you have and what's there exactly (laughs) because like there's no such thing like especially growing up in having doing street fights and stuff like there's no such thing as rules in a street fight really it's yeah you're gonna it's kill or be killed you know and no one's gonna bow to you and, and wait for you to strike yeah. they're gonna just wildly throw punches at you <laughs> right. so right um you know his past kind of comes up in that regard where he's like you know it just just doesn't work you need to be more adaptable to every single situation yeah. that you're in and you know he kind of proved himself where he was able to take down people who were much larger than him who should not have been <laughs> fighting but yet was still able to win you know so just like oh yeah it is krav maga Cool. Looked it up. cool israeli defense forces um but yeah so that was kind of you know the culmination of that so obviously he took techniques from various styles because he was pretty adept at quite a few different styles combined it all and then tried to teach people how to in a more i think practical sense be you know defending like being able to defend themselves and whatnot so uh, so while he was in Oakland, uh, he was introduced to an individual named Ed Parker, uh, also a martial artist, who invited Lee to the Long Beach International Karate Championships, where Lee demonstrated his famous one-inch punch, his two-finger push-up, his unblockable punch, and many other techniques. Oh, man. And this was actually one of the <laughs> only times he was ever recorded on film fighting. Oh wow! Yeah, so you, if you just if you search for Bruce Lee one inch punch on the Google or whatever, you can find the video. It's actually really cool, um, and he does quite a few little like, you know, little. It kind of cuts. It's really short, which is unfortunate, but it just shows like kind of the the quick and dirty yeah. of what he was doing. Um, this is also where he started to gain attention from entertainment producers, kind of being known as this guy who put on a show, yeah, basically, right. Mm. Uh, and in fact, pr- the producer William Dozier, 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 whatever his Dozier, uh, invited Lee to audition for Number One Son, uh, which was a show that never actually aired. But in that process, and kind of how you know auditioning works and get and getting word of mouth out there, uh, it led him to the part of Cato in the Green Hornet, <laughs> uh, which lasted for one season. So that's kind of his start. And then, actually, one thing that's kind of brushed over in Lee's life was that his dad was actually a really famous opera uh, actor. Oh, wow. Singer, actor, whatever. Um, and had been in quite a few big-time productions kind of in China and whatnot. Oh, wow. Hmm. So he kind of had this background, although he didn't initially didn't shoot to be... A movie actor. star, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he, he, wasn't, he didn't go to Hollywood to become a... <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. 
Um, so after the, after the Green Hornet ended, uh, he had other various parts in different TV shows, but nothing was really truly his. He was kind of just the Asian guy, <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah. Um, so producer Fred Weintraub convinced him to return to Hong Kong to make a film, uh, basically so that he could pitch the film to people. Um, and that's where he ended up making The Big Boss, which was a huge box office success. Um, you know, pretty quickly after, it was followed by Fist of Fury, which was even more successful than Big Boss, <laughs> and really kind of put him on the map as like a an act. You know, an actor who not only knew his martial arts and could choreograph stuff, but a guy with like actually some on on screen charisma too. You know, which I think is really important yeah. to his his rise and fame. Um, yeah, because like not everyone has it, especially not every just fighter. You know exactly, what I mean? Like exactly. That's yeah. It's he had a draw about him, yeah. really. You know, uh, and it's it's shown on screen. Yeah, you know, just the mm-hmm. way he kind of just is, even when he's in the background. Yeah, he's kind of just a yeah. He I there's presence. not a movie star that has anything similar to him that I've ever. See, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, right. really, mm-hmm. it's weird. I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, for sure. And to really, it shows because, like, in a very, very short period of time, he left a stamp on cinema yeah. history. Yeah, I mean, across like four movies. Yeah, which is nuts. pretty. It's really pretty unheard of. Yeah, that's very uncommon. Exactly. You, normally, it's like the sixth movie, or fifth, your fifth movie, or third yeah. movie that like gets you somewhere. You it's know, like, exactly. It's like him and James Dean. Like yeah. seriously, like no, for real, yeah, <laughs> for real, um, and or even like Steve McQueen too, because like apparently you know he had he had known all these people, and even at his funeral, like Steve McQueen was one of the pallbearers. Oh wow, yeah, wow. Hmm. Um, I can I can actually see that because you know McQueen was kind of a a sportier kind of guy too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, totally. he he yeah. liked his his sports An and stuff, star, and, yeah. and yeah, he was. So that's crazy. I didn't know that. So the success of Fist of Fury uh, allowed Bruce his opportunity to write, direct, star, and choreograph the film uh, Way of the Dragon, from which came his famous fight scene with Chuck Norris. Um, And that was his only complete directorial film and obviously became, you know, incredibly famous for what it was, right? I've only seen that, the fight, but I haven't seen the overall film. I need to check out the whole film, you know what I mean? Like, I, I actually, I, I, admittedly, I haven't seen that one either, so. Yeah. Oh, me neither. Uh, <laughs> damn it. We're terrible, we're terrible at this. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, I never said we were good, so that's all right. <laughs> so right after that, Lee began work on Game of Death, Having shot a scene um, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, kind of a that's also pretty a famous yeah. pairing, uh, who apparently was also a student. So you know he was kind yeah. of into the martial arts, but he was also a very famous basketball player. Um, it was during this production of this film that he was offered to star in Enter the Dragon, so he stopped Game of Death and <laughs> did that yeah. uh, because it was it was kind of a co-production between a, the Chinese company uh, Golden. Oh shit! Golden, whatever. Can't remember. Golden. I can't remember what it was. Golden something. He had a company. He started his own production company, and then um, Warner Brothers is the third one. So it was this co-production between all three, and he was. It was going to be basically produced. I mean, essentially by Hollywood, right? And then it was going to have a lot more uh, American viewership. So of course he kind of jumped on that, right? 
It it's a uh, golden harvest. Golden, golden harvest. harvest. Okay, there you go. It, you. it makes sense that he did that because if he knew that it was going to get a wider release because of them, you know, Warner Brothers and stuff, yeah. and it was probably going to be a huge smash. That would only do his film that he he's making exactly better you know what i mean like because then more people would want more 100 of it and they're like oh shit so it'll just make my own film game of death just all the more successful he was a very shrewd you know i guess shrewd would be the right term just he was he's a very intelligent man he knew that you have to make certain jumps yeah you know and pick the right times to do things you know and if he had he lived longer game of death certainly would have been much more widely viewed due to enter the dragon because enter the dragon is probably his most famous one yeah you know out of all the all the films i'd say that's probably his most famous i wonder if anybody would do that now i mean could anybody do that start making a film and then they get let's just say like chris evans you know let's just say just chris evans uh is gonna do the next like i don't know personal project which is going to be some big blockbuster thing right and then i can see he, that then he gets like a call to, to you know for let's say the marvel stuff is done with right but then they're going to do like one last one like years later <laughs> he's like hmm. okay i'm going to do i'll stop my thing went and did that you know what i mean like i wonder if i feel like it happens where yeah. like on it depends on the, i think the level of production Just, yeah because i feel like if you're working on a disney movie their contracts are going to be so ironclad that you're it's not going to be able you have to i mean yeah do it or you're going to be screwed yeah. in a lot of different ways um but if you're working on a production that's 10 yeah. million bucks and there's not a ton of big yeah lawyers behind it you know what i mean yeah. then you probably have a better chance but i feel it's, like that happens because i've heard yeah. too uh, of know. like projects where like big name directors have gotten in like you know 20 mil deep and they haven't even filmed anything yet you know exactly and then something else comes up they do it and then that other film never gets made you exactly. know yeah, yeah. so yeah. like spielberg <laughs> it's impressive that he like did what he did though you know with Yes, because he was at us at the height of his and this, you know, I think because of probably a lot of what what he did and some of what was happening in the 70s and 80s, uh, producers and production companies started to really lock in people so they couldn't do that as much anymore. (laughs) Uh, But he was at the height of his fame, you know, like and he just had he kind of just had sway. Yeah, just pull as an actor and uh, a personality that people wanted to see so yeah. he kind of was like well i'm just gonna do and right. game of death was kind of his movie so like you know like you said yeah. if you're a director or whatever it's your movie then you can kind of kill it yeah. if you want to. <laughs> yeah it's not great for you but i suppose you could um and game of death is interesting too because they they actually ended up like finishing it like later and then it's like yeah, they just had a dude who looks kind of nothing like him wear sunglasses like the whole time (laughs) (laughs) and they they, like had the scenes of him but then like filled in the story plot with like you know him and this other person yeah it's kind of a trip uh so in may of 1973 uh this is this Story, is this timeline making sense to you guys, or am I just going way too fast through it? No, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm following his yeah, okay. the, the general thing. Cool. Okay, so in 1973, um, 
In May, Bruce had completed filming of Enter the Dragon and was working on some ADR lines when he had collapsed and was sent to the hospital where he was diagnosed with a cerebral edema. He survived until June of 19, June of 1973, where in Hong Kong, uh, he died of an enlarged brain, probably caused by an allergic reaction to an analgesic called equagesic, which is basically a cocktail of aspirin and tranquil and the tranquilizer meprobate, meprobate, huh. Mepro- meprobate, yeah, meprobamate whatever some medical name yeah (laughs) medical name (laughs) which was given to him because he was complaining he had a headache so combined with the edema which apparently was also part of this and then this kind of mix plus whatever he was kind of ingesting for his like um nutrition and stuff just kind of all combined and he died that's crazy in hong kong uh his body was taken to seattle by his wife or just buried at lakeview cemetery and later on, Brandon Lee, his son, would later uh, would be buried there um, after his death on the set of The Crow. Which, if you don't know, if any listeners don't know that story, uh, basically what happened was the prop master, or the lack of having a prop master on that set, led to uh, a real bullet being put into the gun that he was using. That was it was either aimed at him or he was using it on himself. First, I thought it was. Scene. I thought it was a blank. It just was improperly. Uh, oh, you're handled. Right. No, you're right. And it was too close. You're right. To Sorry, the, I got that mixed too up. Too close to him. Yeah, yeah. No, what happened was there. Uh, a piece got lodged in the barrel, and when the blank went off, it propelled the piece out of the, out of the barrel. So like everyone Crazy. thought it was unloaded with blanks or whatever, yeah. right? And then, it, it but he actually, was also like too close too, or something. There was a lot. Like, there was, there, it was yeah. basically a, a, you know, OSHA would have had a field day had they been involved with that, um, just because of how mishandled everything was. Yeah, that day. it's crazy. Um, which is unfortunate, you know, just because they both died fairly, cl- you know, close in age. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he was his only son. So, um, okay. That's cool. <laughs> so that's no, it's not cool, but that he dies just yeah, that's that's uh kind of the smash history of Bruce Lee. Um, you know, there's quite a few books, biographies. He even wrote a book um if you want to get a lot more uh, in-depth with him and his philosophies, his life and stuff like that. Um but that's kind of the important milestones which got him to where he was to make the films that we are talking about. You, whatever happened to his wife? Is she still around? Or yeah, she just she probably took over his estate, yeah. and then um, you know just you do what you kind of do after death, which is kind of you know you kind of just have to go along, yeah. right? With life and stuff. And yeah, I wonder if she's still like around Seattle. You know what I mean? Like she lives in <laughs> oh oh no, she lives in California now. Oh okay, yeah. Well. Linda Emery, yeah. Which is yeah. interesting that they had one, you know, that one marriage, too, throughout life. Uh, you know, becoming oh, so she famous. she never remarried? Well, no, he had the one oh, marriage. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. remarried c- yeah. multiple times, apparently. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, which, she's had I mean, two... She married one guy for two years, and then another guy yeah. she's still married to since 1991. Uh, so, oh, wow. I mean, no slight to her. is you know, you do what you gotta do, but just saying, like... Yeah. Between their life, when they were together, it was yeah. one person. Um, 
and he also has a daughter um shannon lee so yeah um okay so kind of the main bulk of what i would like to talk about is kind of get, and get your guys's opinions kind of on this uh so it's it's i mean you can't argue with the fact that he had an impact right he introduced the world to martial arts kind of yeah. as a whole its ability and its uh how it can shape your life and and what it can do for you uh he was also you know hugely into like nutrition um and creating kind of the ideal body the peak Mm -hmm. body if you will and he also introduced people to kind of to you know asian slash chinese culture and just kind of and seeing that people wanted to see him right Mm-hmm. Um, and even when he was doing Green Hornet, apparently that became huge in China, in Hong Kong. Ah, so I like, see that. you know, he kind of had this like dual fame where yeah. the Americans wanted to see him and the Chinese He's, wanted to yeah. see him and, and <laughs> he was the one. So, and I really think that like, personally, I think that without him, you know, Asian representation, Asian representation in cinema wouldn't really even be half of what it is now. Yeah, which like, is still it's small now, right? You exactly. Know? So that's yeah. crazy. And of course, there's other people who have come along to really further that. But I mean, just you know, we would we wouldn't be nearly as close to where we are. Yeah. You know, I and mean, we talked about the Korean cinema and its effect, but that you know partially was paved by Bruce Lee. You know. Because mm-hmm. Korean cinema didn't really take off in their internationally until later, until yeah. after his time, um, when people were a little more yeah, because uh, it was like the nineties, yeah, two thousands, yeah, exactly. So I really think that I think that there's no there's no arguing that. But what I'm curious about is, and this is kind of what I talked about in the essay that I had made like in school was because he approached everything from martial arts. And his films were, you know, their plots were fighting. Everything was fighting based. You know, right. you infiltrate somewhere, be yeah. in a tournament, whatever. Kick you're some gonna ass. have to fight your way. You're gonna kick your ass, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, I like I like martial arts films a lot. Kill your boss. I, yeah, kill your boss exactly. Because <laughs> he um, sucks. <laughs> and I like Bruce Lee's films, no doubt. So what I but what I'm curious about is like, is because his fame, um. And because of what he became famous for, and now the fact that it's pretty hard to find films with Asian people who are not essentially masters of fighting. Right. Jackie Chan. Right. Comes jelly. Right. Yeah, Even, jelly. Yeah, Jelly, exactly. Um, did he actually kind of create a detrimental perception of Asians in that it's very hard for Asian people to kind of break out of that mold? Right, and of course, there's there's examples where this is the case, like Walking Dead. Right, uh, uh, Steve Yun is becoming a, an individual who's outside of yeah. this realm of fighting. He's, you know, I don't think he's done a film where he's a martial yeah. artist at all. No, uh, the closest I think was when he did. I think he was in Pacific Rim, right? Was he uh, the second, question, one, I'm not second sure. one, maybe? I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> Something like that. But, I mean, but, that he's, Bert, but you know, he's not, like, fighting. Like, right. You know what I mean? yeah. And even in Walking Dead, he's he's along with everyone else fighting in a way that you would fight, like, yeah. zombies or whatever. And, you know, um, sorry to bother you. He's just an activist, <laughs> you know? And, like, just... It, he's just... He's outside of that yeah. sphere. 
Um, but then mm-hmm. you have people like Tony Jaa, who, go, you know, he was even in the Fast and Furious series, but he's an, a bad guy who knows martial arts, you know. And like, <laughs> like you said, Jet Li, and even Jackie Chan, he's kind of, Jackie Chan's rise to fame was in in those types of movies yeah. and f- moved more into like slapstick comedy, but still always had that like, yeah. I'm going to fight my way out <laughs> of it. So what I'm curious is like, you know, in your guys' perception of things too, is like, did he kind of help, but also hinder that I, perception? I mean, I think only, I don't think so really. I don't think he hindered it because I think it's, the studios and the people that are in charge of like green lighting those type of projects because you know it's not until recently that we're getting more stories from minorities so i think it's really the studio's fault that they didn't green light other projects because i think that if bruce lee was probably to to continue you know if he, if he didn't die so young he probably would have branched out or or his films would have been so popular that other that we would have maybe seen more asian cinema other than just the fighting type right because the studios were like oh wow there is a market for it which is unfortunate that they are on they were only green lighting the the marketable ones which are the fighting ones because right. those are the only ones that were actually ever fucking tested <laughs> you know what i mean because yeah. i don't th- so i don't think it i think i don't <clears throat> think he i don't think he hindered it but i know what you mean i i think but i think it's like the studios like they and the execs there they just they didn't want to they didn't want to experiment you know they didn't want right. to give it a go well then why like the most popular south korean movie is old boy and it's a fighting movie. It's not like a martial arts film. I, I right. wouldn't call it that. But it is like a fighting movie. You know, it's like an action punch punch people. Right. And like in action films, like even with like, you know, all white cast, it's fighting to, or shooting or so, right. There's yeah, some, right. some form of yeah. violence, right, overall. But, um, but there's like, you, you know, there's so many other kinds of movies you know and action is the most popular genre but it's also like the most accessible to other cultures yeah yeah because it's pretty it's usually pretty straightforward so regardless of you yeah. know like you can translate it and it's pretty easy to get a plot in an action movie because right. and like the tension you can understand because it's like right. life and death almost yeah. always it's yeah like, exactly it's like takashi miyake you know famous japanese director all the films that that you could get of his in the states are like the weird like gory or action ones but the ones that he's done that are more like super niche or like you know the comedies that he's done because he's done a whole bunch of comedies are super hard to find here because they're not marketable here you know Hmm. what i mean yeah but but they've never really been given a chance you know what i mean like they're not they're not the, the 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 distribution companies and everything they're not even you know, and a part of it is like, yeah, there would be things lost as like just being a white guy that I would lose not being familiar with Japanese culture or Chinese culture or Korean culture or Thai culture, right? Sure. In a romantic comedy because their romantic uh, romance uh, their, is different. Their romance is different. There's you know? nuances of culture, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, 
they could that those nuances could make it so much better and refreshing than what we have and have grown right. accustomed to here but we're, we haven't even had that chance to even t- t- test those out right um on a on a large scale um yeah it's weird um i think you're kind of hitting the right point though where it's like I, because martial, I mean, he was martial arts and martial arts was yeah. Him. It, 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 the, yeah. He's so, synonymous with that. It's synonymous yeah. with that. He he just lived that life. So of course, and of course, he. I don't think he ever was like, man, I'm gonna really fuck over all these yeah. people if I do this. And yeah. he, he he genuinely wanted to get this information out to the world because yeah. he thought there was value to it. Um, and part part of the way of doing that was through film because yeah. film does reach a global audience. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, because of they saw usually what producers do is if they see something sell, they replicate it, replicate, yeah. it, replicate, it, replicate yeah. it because that's what sells. And they're not gonna usually people are afraid to try anything new because <laughs> you don't know if that's gonna sell. Yeah, I mean, we've right. talked about this before. It just not you know, all producers are like that, but of course not. Yeah, but if you're gonna spend a hundred million dollars on something, you'd rather know that you're gonna make that money back as opposed to wondering if you're gonna make yeah. that money back, right? Sure. And then also um, like. Or they're gonna do a spin on it, like the Karate Kid. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like point, where yeah. they'll well, where they have like a, you know, a, a non-Asian actor, yeah, child, you know, exactly. be the main, you know, character, but set in this kind of world that could and probably should have been more, you yeah. know, Asian. Right. <laughs> well, totally. One of my favorite things to tell people is that. Jackie Chan is a prolific opera singer because it surprises everybody. Yeah. Because he's like famous over in China for like his opera stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that people are so surprised every time I tell them that. And like when I found out, I was like, what the fuck? Like I Googled (laughs) it and it's it's beautiful, beautiful voice. Um, But I think that just like shows like what we're paying attention to that's actually a really good example i think it's a great example yeah, <laughs> yeah because i mean that and i i you know i fall i'm part of that crowd too like i fucking i love martial arts and I love watching people fight and stuff i think that's awesome the raid is a crazy good movie and <laughs> yeah. it's literally just no plot like yeah. they go into a building get stuck and have to fight out the fight out of the building you know <laughs> um and i i dig that stuff um and I do want to, I do continually want to see it, but of course there are other aspects. And I think, I think we're seeing more of that growth come out now, specifically, yeah. especially with like Korean dramas and stuff becoming more widespread and more watched uh, in like America and stuff sure. specifically. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing, you know, that kind of change. Um, and I think, you know, that really has to do partly with the fact that in the seventies, Asian people were getting screen time. Mm-hmm. And Enter the Dragon was a crazy movie too because not only was it a Hollywood produced movie, but it had black exploitation influences on yeah. it. I mean heavy black exploitation yeah. influences on it. You know, the Chinese side of it obviously, and then you kind of had these white guys who were like you know, they were entrenched kind of in yeah. the martial arts and the in that culture and stuff and like it was just this conglomeration and it just ended up being, you know, one of the you know, seminal fucking martial arts movies ever, you know, one of the greatest ever made, the one that you think about when you think of martial arts movies, right? Um, You know, and that had a black guy as one of the kind of higher end supporting actors, you know what I mean? Like, and they had all the the musical influence and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of interesting how it kind of 
became that. Like, you know, and I, you could probably adapt this thought process to, to other representations, right? Like, you know, what are a lot of Latino representations right. in film? What is a lot of black representation in film? You know, whatever kind of media or art form propelled those cultures into the limelight and into people's eyes is how people continually wanted to see it or yeah, right. maybe that's not the case they but how people were wanted to sell that yeah. image to people basically right. like what Byron's like, saying like latina or latin or mexican or spanish actors like you only really think of the, the women you know oh yeah you know sure. what i mean salma yeah. hayek uh uh penelope cruz and they're usually um, very exotic yeah right but, you, but oh like, yeah other than like i mean he's spanish like penelope cruz but like antonio banderas like what really other you know and michael pena who's you know mexican like what other like there's the dude like, who appears in every like fast and furious movie who's like uh the bald guy um, you know what i'm talking uh, about oh uh, he always appears in tv shows like the exact same character um, <laughs> I know. Pretty yeah. much just Hector. Oh, I, I know exactly. <laughs> what the fuck is that guy's name? Yeah, I'm gonna find uh, it right now. It's uh oh shit. <laughs> oh, that pisses me up that I can't figure. Oh. No, uh, Noel Guglielmi. This is what his yeah, name is. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's a yeah, great yeah. last name. I love that last name. Um, Guglielmi, dude. Yeah, oh. there. You know, there, there. You don't. But there's not like any big superstars really in the Mexican slash Spanish right world besides like Antonio Banderas and like Javier Bardem but they're Spanish they're not even Mexican like what other like what big Mexican male stars are there like besides I, Michael I Pena like and he's, like not even, and he's not even directors. that big yeah and Michael Pena is not even like, like that big of a you know he's kind of around in things right yeah Cheech, Mar- Cheech Marin <laughs> yeah Cheech. honestly that's probably <laughs> Danny Trejo Danny Trejo Danny Trejo would be weird he would be the biggest for sure that guy has a crazy ass like story dude yeah he does like, Frankie Muniz is apparently uh, of Mexican descent really yeah oh uh, Freddie Rodriguez and some Freddie of those Prince. guys but they're not like Freddie Prince Jr <laughs> but they're not like you know what I mean like so yeah, I mean it's definitely you know the, the but like John Ortiz, I've seen him and stuff before. It's weird because it's like, is it is it about people from Mexico or is it like Javier Bardem? Is it like three, like third gen American Mexicans? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. John Cho, like Harold and Kumar guy, like he's I would say more American than I'm not sure. Maybe yeah, he's Chinese. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. What exactly? But he's Asian of of some kind. Is he... <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I, I sure I, he's Chinese. I, I think he's Chinese. Is Javier he, Bardem yeah. is actually from Spain. Yeah, yeah. Danny Trejo is actually from Mexico. Yeah. Or no, sorry, just kidding. He was born in California. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, I got that way wrong. So it's weird because uh, like, what what is the representation? Like, I feel like for um, people in Hollywood. Or people who are like crying out for more like Asian representation or black representation or any sort of representation in Hollywood, I don't know if they're necessarily looking for like those actual other cultures. I feel like they're looking for American like Asians. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They're looking they're looking yeah. for physical traits, not anything yeah. cultural. Which usually. again is unfortunate because 
we're still going to get the same sort of stories now, just with different faces, which I guess is better than not. But I mean, I kind of like that though. Like, I like the like. Yeah, it's but 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 I think it's always cool to have like, like what was kind of cool about Black Panther was that he they they didn't just make it like a white film with like with black actors in it. They actually incorporated like costumes from Africa and right. And you know what I mean, like, and oh. so it was kind of cool to have like that culture and the col- in there. The colors were like the Ethiopian flag or, or something. Yeah, like it was like red, yellow, green, or whatever. But it'd be it'd be cool to see, you know, like Native Americans and 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 Asian Americans and or you know Asian culture, Native American culture, um, you know, even like you know uh, Middle Eastern culture, Indian culture. You know, there have been some, you know, quite recently though some. Um, uh, you know, uh, Indian, you know, uh, actors that have made it big, but more on the comedy side of things because you have oh, yeah. uh, Kumail, uh, I can't say his last name, um, Kumail, the guy from uh, The Big Sick. Oh, yeah. Um, Nunjari or Nunari, something like yeah. that. And then um, and then the guy insane. who has the Isn't he, He's from Pakistan, though. That's right. That's right. Pakistan, yeah. That's so, right. My bad. <laughs> but like that you know that 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 that, that culture um you know uh what was that guy from uh from the, the with the netflix show um aziz azari aziz yeah aziz Ansari, yeah. yeah and then priyanka chopra and um you know there's there are some from like bollywood that have come over but but still you know they're not bringing necessarily like their culture into right. the films that they're I'm pretty, doing in as well. I'm pretty well. sure Aziz Azari is American. Yeah, he was so, born. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I mean. They're oh. only use they're only using like the American way of it. They're not bringing their cult. They're not bringing like they're not bringing like Pakistani or Indian culture. Yeah. To but the f- I think Camille is bringing Pakistani culture. <laughs> I don't think he is really. Well, like the big sick like his, is like, like all his, about like the effect of it's all about like his family's pakistani culture effect on him so i i, I in a way he is but it's like an, a very american way of like but that's, bringing but that but that's like not you know the what I mean? plot or anything i mean i know what you mean it's like okay i, I, get, know, I, I get what you're saying so you're saying like within that culture like bringing yeah. that because he's yeah, not like he's not from actually he may have been born there i'm not quite sure but I'll, that big sick is like about yeah. and a lot of his like stand up stuff is 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 like that. I mean, the only thing that I can think of that is a film that takes place within that culture, but isn't even done by a director of that set. You know, is like twenty uh, Slumdog Millionaire. But you have films like Lion and stuff that deal with like those that area, but right. it's like you know different. I don't know. It's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah it is it is so to kind thing. of just i want to bring this up real quick so john leguizamo uh, he was oh, from yeah. colombia andy garcia from cuba oscar, oscar isaac? isaac oh i was shit. gonna say oscar isaac he's uh from guatemala actually these people were born in those countries um and then females uh you have, Toro, uh uh oh, from yeah. uh why is he uh, not on this list Coast, uh puerto rico i think it's weird that he's not on this list at all. Um, uh, Morena Bacharin, you know, Deadpool. Oh, yeah, she's... Um, yeah. Jordana Brewster. 
in Fast and Furious. He was born in Panama. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, like Selma Hayek, stuff like that. So there are people, there are, you Isa know. Gonzalez. Uh, yeah. Uh, who are, you know, born in, the, you know, not born in America doing yeah. kind of the work. Fede Alvarez, he's from Uruguay. You know, but they, but they, they haven't even been given the chance, really. Like a lot, at least a lot of them, to be like George Clooney's and Johnny Depp's, and you know, no. you don't you don't see oh, yeah. those actors in the type of films that that those actors do. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, Certainly not. So I don't know. It's it's a we'll see we'll see what happens. I guess. But in terms of like directors, you have you know obviously Robert Rodriguez, Alejandro Inarritu, Yodorowski. Uh, Del Toro, Coron, Gomez, Rejon, Alfonso Gomez, Rejon, kind of, he's been, he does a lot with American Horror Story. Uh, like I said, Fede mm-hmm. Alvarez, like mm-hmm. these are all people who are, um, you know, yeah. kind of involved right. in But those are all like special exceptions. You know what I mean? Like they're all like yeah. these like outstanding yeah. directors, but totally. then all, everyone else pretty much is just white dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll, sure, I would know? say the exception to that is probably Rodriguez. Just kind of the way he got started was he really did kind of kickstart his own career. Yeah, he did. Um, he's got that book. Uh, was it like Rebel Without a Cause or whatever? Yeah. Where it's a yeah, there it is there right it there. Is. Yeah, <laughs> which is, uh, kind of. It's basically a journal because he kept journals, you know, through his early career and stuff, and he tells you how he fucking knocked out basically 10 movies in a row edited using two vcrs and shot everything and directed everything on his own and there's like a crazy picture of him on a ladder with these oversized shorts where he's got like all his film reels and lenses packed into his shorts and he's got like the camera on his shoulder and he's like he just one man armied it and made you know (laughs) el mariachi came out of that and those films came out of that yeah like all the dolly work was just uh 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 pickup truck it, old, well they used i think some cars but it was mainly all a uh wheelchair oh yep exactly oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it seems super comfy yeah, so yeah yeah so um yeah i don't know i i just i like this because i, like, I kind of do think that there's something there where it's like it's kind of a double-edged sword like yeah you brought asians kind of into prominence but that led to yeah essentially being typecasted as one person yeah he was totally asian, typecast like, yeah which it, but even know, in the future past that you know yeah. what i mean like if you're asian then you're gonna be yeah. this person and you're probably gonna die first too <laughs> yeah that's yeah. kind of a stereotype in yep. filmmaking um and i mean really if if you're if pretty much if there's a white guy and a black guy the black guy's probably gonna die first no, almost and if there's an asian black or white guy it's probably gonna be the asian guy who <laughs> oh, dies geez. first um and that's not even just that's not even right. me being like funny or racist that's like go ahead and watch <laughs> these movies. Yeah. watch movies and you will see right. like especially like in ensemble movies mm-hmm. exactly you know yeah. where like there's not really one main character because some like you know if there's one main character it's usually gonna be the white guy you know yeah. and if they're well, yeah. in life and death you know then the others are going to die first, and you like, know? Right. But those ensembles, it's still true. Like yeah. the Expendables, you know? like literally Jet Li and Tony Jaa are like the, 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 they have the smallest parts. Of course. Out of everybody, you know? Like, of course. It's like, jeez. Doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise me at all. Um, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, uh, Jacob, do you have anything you want to 
Um, you gone? Anything you want to? Uh, well, I talk about? I just branching branching off of the original conversation. You know, I I I uh, I didn't grow up, grow up with Bruce Lee at all. You know, so it was for me like my Asian, really the most Asian thing that I watched as a kid was Jackie Chan. You know, it was like Rush mm-hmm. Hour, um, and te- uh, uh, the Western one with Owen Wilson. Wild Shanghai Wild Nights. Wild. Oh no, Shanghai. Shanghai Nights. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah. Movie's yeah. awesome, by the way. Um, but so I don't know. I like. I I think that uh, one thing that's really interesting is 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 when Bruce Lee died. A lot of there was a lot of rumors going around about how he died, and a lot of that was like he got like killed by the triads, and like mm-hmm. there was like all these like basically all these things circulating that that were. Basically, like he he died the same way his like people in his movies die, you know. Yeah, yeah. like this is like, and you know, just I think it's just like misinformation, you know. I think I think it's just people just people don't like want to take the time to like research other cultures. Like they want to see it, but I I just like I'm not gonna spend my days like researching the exact differences between Thai and Taiwanese like I know a little bit about those differences but I, th- I think just other people just like want to do other shit yeah I think people you know? want to say that they're like cultured or they've been exposed to it but they don't I mean people want to keep the status quo in their life right because the status quo is is easy it's like right it's just you just do what you do and you're living life and whatever you know being uncomfortable or being having thought-provoking ideas is hard and i think that reflects in filmmaking too because i mean look at some of the most prominent films yeah you know i'm gonna kind of crap on marvel a little bit i mean those are not films that make you think yeah. right they're there for the spectacle and the set pieces yeah. and the superheroes Right. punching each other so, some of them make you know think, though i mean i'll, I'll name you. one <laughs> name one black panther what about black panther makes you think it's literally just like a straightforward movie have you seen it i've seen like most of it yeah it didn't make me think really i mean it, it well it was just like so like uh reflective of our time you know, like the yeah. our political climate and the um, like, you know, the Michael B. Jordan's character is just like rolling in, draining the swamp of Wakanda. You know, in the same way that kind of Trump wanted to drain the swamp. You know, there's just yeah. all these like yeah, that's parallels true. I to guess, like our modern it, yeah. I guess in that sense, political but climate to play, and, kind of kind of play what off play off what you were saying. Like, how many people are watching that and being like, you know, analyzing it? as metaphors for what's happening in the world most people are watching it because it's a fairly simple movie oh, to sure. watch right like you're saying I mean, that, it's an action that's movie like, that's, that's just like marketing you know like it's when you go into a movie you like when you go into the expendables you want something like you just want all that action you know but then when you come out of it it ends up being about the relationships anyways like between the dudes you know what I mean Sure. Yeah. No. So I don't like, disagree with that at galaxy, all. Galaxy. You know, like it's about them coming together at the end. Of you know, course, it's, it's, a, it's, it's always about ends up being right? about something that you don't 
think it's gonna be because that stuff is actually what you want but it it it's not what sells you you know what i mean i mean yeah i don't disagree with that at all i think all movies have more depth generally speaking than kind of what i'm giving them credit for i guess in simple terms it's like yeah you're you're watching guardians of the galaxy because you like chris pratt and you like to see him overcome obstacles to beat the bad guy right and in basic terms so you're not yeah there are going to be people who watch it for other things and you're going to of course absorb you know subtext of character relationships while you're watching the movie but at the end what are you going to be talking about dude wasn't that so cool when he fucking blasted his laser in his face and rocketed through space you know what i mean like you're not but yeah i mean it's it's different because like black panther like wakanda forever you know that like meme came out of that and like what does that represent you know what i mean like that's what people took away from it or that's what like a many people took away from that movie and i i think something like that is really um interesting important and says a lot you know and isn't just spectacle yeah. you know there's something think, deep there for sure i think what keith is kind of saying more though is more like like you're not watching the revenant and then watching black panther and they're not you know what I mean? Like not, you're like, not watching like, like 2001, which really makes you like yeah, start to consider they're, they're, the they're, philosophy behind what's happening. And I think happening, a part right? of it is just like they're made for different reasons. Because Black Panther wasn't. I don't. I. I well, that's tough. I don't disagree with that I, either. With what yeah, you're saying, it, it's like Black Panther wasn't just meant to be. A superhero movie but it wasn't just meant to be a statement on our times you know what i mean i mean, <laughs> like, right. doubt that steve coogan directed yeah, that it, movie it does both yeah it, it, does it, both. it is the spectacle i yeah. mean you guys are right like it's you know Who wrote it's like uh yeah i mean it, it's an action movie y- yeah you know but, so it's action first yeah whereas the revenant it's or ryan coogler not steve coogler it's uh made for for the audience to 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 think you know like it's i just don't i just don't know if i just think i i mean maybe if you had another example i just don't know if the revenant is i don't think the revenant is like 2001 a space odyssey or something you know what i mean like that movie's spectacle yeah don't look now or um Okay, well, so what? I I I agree with what you're saying because I think I think Ryan Coogler and I think Joe Robert Cole, you know, and the producers of Black Panther, well, some of them probably made Black Panther with the idea of getting these like subtextual psycholo- or not psychological, philosophical, yeah. metaphorical ideas right. out. Right. 100%. I think they I think they wanted that. I think audiences some audience members of course are going to be watching for those things and analyzing it you know i think they have to have that now yeah i would i would have been so disappointed in that movie if it didn't have any of that i think people people are going to mold it it to work though people are going to mold the movie to reflect yeah you know that's 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 just literature in general you're going to fucking find all sorts of like all that stuff is like right it's literally in there though like it's like there's other stuff but it's like so like in the movie <laughs> i don't know oh yeah yeah it feels right. so, yeah, no, it's for, so yeah. obvious and oh, it can yeah, it be is. there it and totally I'm, I'm not saying it can't those two things are mutually exclusive mm-hmm. but you're not coming out of black panther 
being like, you know, oh, did you see that the Trump metaphor that existed when they were standing yeah, over the water? No, but like, I think, really, yeah, I think exactly. people are, are, I think it speaks to them, though. And maybe if maybe they're yeah. not like, hey, this is a Trump thing. But maybe the, the idea of that, of like what he's doing, that speaks to them. So maybe they can't connect the dots, but I think they can still feel it. I mean, the fact that that movie just passed like 100 whatever kajillion dollars it's like the the third highest domestic united states like movie yeah. now if I, you're not I, adjusting for inflation which I, I don't know why you would ever want to do that stat but i, I think get, the, the fact that that's happening means something different besides spectacle because if it was just spectacle then ant-man would be the most popular movie ever or doctor strange or something well part of it is I, I, also the circle jerk of people wanting to be in the in the zeitgeist right yeah, like oh you love sure. black panther of course i love black yeah, panther yeah. dude like we everyone right. loves that you know what i mean i mean that's like avatars kind of like that you know and, and really yeah, any, how any fucking popular movie is dumb is like that but i love I, avatar i guess what part like, of like i was i guess what i meant or was meaning was kind of just like how like black panther was is like a popcorn movie right like people go to the theaters eating their popcorn drinking their sodas having their candy with their family yeah, watching black panther but mm-hmm. the revenant isn't like Let's take the whole family and go to get some popcorn and candy and watch The Revenant. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it, 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 two different. Well, it's it's marketed to a different. Yeah, exactly. To that's a different. Guess, group. I guess that's what. And I, I don't just have a marketing. problem with. That's not yeah. the movie. I don't have yeah. a problem with Black Panther being a popcorn movie either. I think, like Brent Byron said, like these movies were created for these certain. I you know I watch an action movie because I watch yeah, stupid exactly. yeah. badly <laughs> yeah. dubbed martial arts movies yeah. because I want to see that like I'm not watching it necessarily to have it like right yeah make me think and having it be intellectual and I, I was trying to get back to what Jacob said but I can't even remember what yeah got I can't on to this <laughs> but I think uh, uh, fuck I don't remember what what the hell got us right. on this track I don't know basically there's some movies that make you think more than others or are created to make you think and i think the reflection of where we're at nowadays in filmmaking is that i think people want to have i mean you always want to have depth in a movie when you watch a movie with no depth you immediately know it, and you're it just sucks like, okay like, yeah. yeah 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 so of course movies are going to have depth people want that i think people want to say that they want that too even though i really think that they don't want to be I think, I, too I think much. audience is like, like maybe I think audience is like us maybe, like I to me like I I, I know I do to a degree. There are sometimes there are sometimes where I just like I, I don't know. Of yeah. course you do, but like, because you're John you're, John Wick is not getting you to think. No, not at all. But that movie yeah. is awesome. That's true. Totally. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying movies that movies that don't make you think are bad. Yeah. I, I guess there's like there's I guess there's certain films that I'd be so disappointed in if they didn't do what Black Panther did. What but they didn't have to. You know what I mean? Like Right. You know what right. I mean? Like like the next the new Harley Quinn movie that's gonna come out, right? I think it would be irresponsible of them to just make a movie that they've been making for the last twenty five years but with female characters. It's like I think it they have to bring something that's going on right now to that film right you know what i mean i think i I think i think it would be a great disservice to the film and i'd be very disappointed if it didn't have anything to say about our current time whether that's like about weinstein or trump or or 
or ISIS or whatever it is. Right. You well, know what that's I mean? like that's pop culture yeah. movies yeah. for you because yeah. like they kind of there's a topicality to them. Yeah, you know, but where, they can't I, be like so topical that yeah. they're like lost. You know, because it takes right. like three years to make them. Whereas Wicked isn't. It doesn't have any. It's like it's just what it is. You know. Right. Right. Like, I don't know. I, it's weird. Maybe it's like <laughs> a time. Maybe it's like a timelessness thing. You know, like yeah, because some there's some like ideas that will always resonate with people, but like I don't know, like I like Black Panther it is a great history movie. Like I think we can look back at it and you know say like this is like what people were feeling at this time. This is you know Black Panther. I think is a great representation of that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Into the Dragon is kind of like that for me. Like, when I see Into the Dragon, it's, like, the perfect, like, early 70s kind of film, you know? Because, like, it's got the kung fu, the action, which was kind of becoming popular because James Bond was just getting kind of big in the late 60s or, you know, I guess early 60s through, you know, throughout the 60s, James Bond was getting really big and they were getting more bigger, you know, the... The budgets were getting bigger. The action was getting more crazy mm-hmm. with James Bond, and that that sort of film was getting bigger. So then, just the action kept growing and growing and growing. And so then you have these, you know, the kung fu stuff started getting big. But then you also had like Superfly and the black exploitation stuff that was coming big. And you have a little bit of that in Into the Dragon, right. and right. Yeah. Um, you have like all these sorts of you know drugs. You know, you didn't really see movies that dealt with like drug deals and stuff mm-hmm. in movies and this has like a big drug you know yeah, company true. and all this stuff so like for me into the dragon it is kind of like black panther and uh, for the 70s whereas you know years and years from now you can look at it and be like oh wow this is this is where they were at in this modern or in that age right, right. even right. though like i'm sure the makers of um into the dragon we're just doing it because that's what they were doing you know what i mean yeah like, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um i don't know it's cool and same with big boy big boy's a little different because it's not it's you know it was all made in overseas so it's a little different but right for sure i can't remember exactly what got us on that track so i can't bring it around i'm a bad host i think we got it uh, I, think we got there. I mean it's it's everything's debatable right i think jacob is not wrong i think of, of course, course you're not. thinking of course, <laughs> i think there there's there's thought put into movies of course um I just think that the majority of people are not watching those uh, Marvel movies in particular sure. and Star Wars even. Especially to, kids, you know. Well, obviously kids, yeah. but even oh, yeah. adults are not watching that to to think. You right? mean Bob from the trailer park down the road isn't going there <laughs> yeah. to see what's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, We're going exactly. for that white Where's answer. Where's ScarJo? Where's ScarJo? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I think in the end, I, honestly, I think that under certain movies i think we all agree with each other to a certain extent about like what what we're all saying for sure yeah Uh, yeah. but really i think this is an argument over the minutiae oh totally yeah of like which which all of our arguments (laughs) (laughs) that's why no one wants to listen to to film podcasts yeah because no one gives a shit Uh, i give a shit i give a shit that's why we're doing it so uh we dive in deep 
We get well, deep. <laughs> I guess we could do a quick like round table since we're sitting about an hour ten here. Yeah. All right, let's do Byron first. Although this I'm is actually really tough. Really? Yeah. No, I think this is really easy. <laughs> I'm it's gonna say enter the dragon. I just say enter the dragon, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like enter the dragon is just kind of it's it's Bruce Lee. It's yeah. the Bruce Lee movie. It's like, the Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna go enter the dragon too. Um. I think you like Big Boss, but I, I think Enter the Dragon because it's like so relevant. You know, like it's it's been talked about so many times. It kind of Yeah, I mean I don't know, it's like his it's his one movie. I think Big Boss is like really good, but in your eyes, but I think Enter the Dragon's just like it like it's just like the Bruce Lee movie. Yeah, it just is. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you guys are right. There's a part of me though that kind of wants to say the you know, big boss. Just to be hipster. No, I cuz <laughs> I just liked how it was just kind of like this kind of like raw energy to it. And it was more loose. It felt more it felt just looser and just kind of like I don't know, it was kind of like more of like a a crime. I don't know, like it was more rigid. It was uh, yeah. It wasn't like, as clean, and it was yeah. It's just more raw and yeah. just kind of. It was kind of the blueprint for, you know, badly dubbed martial arts movies. Yeah, too. yeah. Like, I, you know? and I just I kind of like some of the set pieces a lot because they were so kind of simple, but then they were just executed just in that cool, funky way. You Plus, know? it's a weirdly violent movie. <laughs> yeah, you like, know, out of I, nowhere, it's just like, I oh, think, they fucking chop people up. And I, I, yeah, I think that's why I kind of liked it. You yeah. know what I mean? It just had Plus, that like, kind his of, like... his family dies, so, like, yeah, like yeah. everyone dies. You're all about that. And, and, and like, <laughs> the knife in the heart and all that stuff. Like, yeah. the guy threw it and stuff. Like, stuff is really cool. I Smoking I, opium. Yeah, you know, I really... All about that. I mean, I might really like the... The big boss more or maybe i'll maybe i'll maybe it's one of those things like we did with keith a, a while back where like i might watch the big boss more but maybe i like like enter the dragon oh more. yeah you know what i mean yeah. like yeah i think that's maybe what it is for me like i think i'd probably and i saw the devil yeah, yeah i think i might re-watch big boss more yeah. often than enter sure. the dragon but i think yeah i think there's something about inner dragon that's just obviously amazing in that right. mirror sequence at the end sweet oh it's yeah, like dude, uh, oh yeah that's stuff. such a good sequence. yeah it's so, yeah, it's like I, the academic academically it's enter the dragon but for, yeah. you, for you it's big boss yeah i think so yeah. yeah so yeah you guys are right all right cool uh well i feel we like i made me. it pretty i think we have to do keith last i mean it doesn't matter i feel like my i kind of made my choice kind of obvious so. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you can guess if you want <laughs> yeah into the dragon for keith yeah I'm thinking. Oh, we're doing Keith now. Oh, uh, we might as well just no. We can just do Keith. Yeah, it's it is Enter the Dragon. For it's Keith. definitely yeah. Enter the Dragon. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. both are sick movies. Yeah, but Enter the Dragon is just like yeah, it's just. But you get the fucking Bruce Lee sound effects, dude. Yeah, like his like that's true. Yaw! Yeah, the hua. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the super. That's I can't true. even that do goes, how high pitched it is. Yeah, like, it, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was surprised. Like I watched Enter the Dragon first. I hadn't seen either of these two movies before, but. I was surprised to not hear his hwas in Big Boss. Ah, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, where's his, like... Because for <laughs> me, that's, like, signature 
Bruce Lee. Exactly. Like that's like yeah. the thing I know about Bruce Lee because I you know, <laughs> exactly. make fun of it all the time. Like whenever you do a karate movie, you make that noise. You know <laughs> exactly, I mean? exactly. And that's where you know, and that's why Enter the Dragon is just it is the one. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right, let's do Jacob, real Wait. quick. Actually, yeah, I think even Enter the Dragon actually was uh, in the National Film Registry. And it, it is yeah. big bosses. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right, uh, with Jacob, I think it's Enter the Dragon for a lot of the same reasons being academic and if you i don't know if you looked into how they actually did some of the sound and stuff but if you did i would imagine that would kind of influence your thought process too kind of how they shot the film Um, all right let me google it (laughs) (laughs) but also yeah i think you know it's just when you thought of bruce lee this was the movie that you thought of you know it just just kind of is yeah i guess i'll have to agree with that i mean you're gonna maybe throw in Big Boss in there, but I feel like I feel like I feel like yeah, I think there are just things that you appreciated with Into the Dragon more. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, you guys, you guys are right. Uh, and also, <laughs> I didn't uh, uh, Big Boss. I had to skip like 20 minutes of it, so I didn't actually get to watch the whole thing. Um, but. Oh. Enter the Dragon, uh, I, th- I think, is really good. And I, I like Big Boss. She's going to take you out. <laughs> Tiffany's just fucking with me right now. Um, I like Big Boss, but um, I I think it's safe to say that I like Enter the Dragon more. Yeah, it's Honestly, it, if it really came down to one thing, it'd just be the fact that he was saying hi you know, when <laughs> that's was, what I was gonna say. That's what I was like, gonna say. Like, literally if, the, if there's one reason, it's the sound effect. So it's the sound. God. I mean, it's typical white guy in the audience right now. <laughs> typical white guy. This is better because he's he's yelling <laughs> while he's hitting things. Uh, but for, for me, that's. I mean, if we're gonna talk about the influence of Asians, like f- for Amer- for white dudes, like it's the fact that when we do our, you know, open fist. Karate, like karate chop, chop. Mo- karate yeah. chop move. We do uh, hiya. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like that's Bruce Lee, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in that, a way, that's kind of cool though, because like, it's like little white kids saw that and wanted to be Bruce Lee. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, cool. I mean yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like he had a positive impact, right? There's yeah, no doubt, yeah, for sure. And if you think about any sort of, like you know how people are like, hey, do you like Asian shit? You know, like a, a white dude ask another white dude do you like Asian shit what they mean is do you have a samurai sword <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a exactly. or nunchucks do you yeah, have yeah, a weapon yeah. of some kind yeah exactly. they don't mean like do you like pad thai or do you like sushi you know what I mean because you Which don't pad thai is apparently like an American creation anyway yeah so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good I thought it was so cultural god I'm so white um but but yeah I mean I don't know it's no for sure it I Asian think, influences I think right. it's good but I I could see why some people think it needs to change, and for sure I think it could easily change with another movie. Because like it obviously, if Bruce Lee's movie did like had this much of an impact, then that can totally happen again with oh totally another m- movie. And we and everyone can think Asians are another thing, you know, for a long time. So I think Jackie Chan helped shift that mm-hmm. perspective he was for sure he was integral in shifting it over to kind of where we're at now where people are just getting roles based on their ability as opposed to what they look like yeah you know what i yeah. mean yep so i don't know i think yeah there's no doubt there's no doubt that he changed 
the way that sure. the these are. Also, there's a really funny video. It's a pretty adorable little video where, uh, you know, obviously Bruce Lee was well known for his ch- nunchuck abilities and stuff. And so there's this video of this like kids gotta be like five or six it's like <laughs> little asian boy dressed exactly like bruce lee in the yellow jumpsuit with oh, yellow nunchucks and in the background is like the scene from the movie and it's the kid and the kid is literally doing the nunchucks exactly how bruce That's lee is crazy. doing it Whoa. and doing the whole like wah, 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 you know just like and doing all the tricks Whoa. exactly in sync with him on the screen dude it's a cool it's Holy a funny video shit. yeah uh, so. That's nuts. Oh, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, you know, and he opened up the fact that just seeing, you know, one of the big things people have issues with in film is that you're not seeing yourself reflected on yeah. the screen. Yeah. Well, now Asian people, sure. Asians, what I mean by that, obviously, is like Chinese, Japanese, Korean, whatever, yeah. Yeah. can all kind of be like, well, I kind of see myself more reflected yeah. on the screen, yeah. you know, yeah. which is Chinese Which is people. great. And yeah. that's that's why I think it's so cool about the new Star Wars. You know, you had Donnie Yen in there had a had a pretty Donnie big Yen, yeah. yeah. Role. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You Bigger know? Asian name. And he yeah. wasn't really like fighting. Like I mean, he was, and he was blind. So he's <laughs> fighting <laughs> and blind and Asian. So that yeah, there you go. But um, <laughs> but in Rose in the Last Jedi, yeah, not exactly. a fighter. Not a fighter. Exactly. That's at true, all. Yeah. She's really the opposite. And exactly. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was refreshing for sure, for sure. So, uh, cool. Um, that kind of went by a little bit faster than I thought it was going to. This is kind of a shorter episode. Uh, do we have anything else we want to to say? Bring up? I wish. About? I wish there was another like big, awesome, like star like Bruce Lee. Now, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want like another like more crouching tiger hidden dragon shit. You know what I mean? Dude, I, love I want those more of that. Yeah. yeah, I want to see. I want to see that, but also with like kung fu like melted in there. You know? Yeah, that would be cool. You know, kind of like combine it all. You know? Yeah, yeah just combine all Asian cultures into one. <laughs> well, no, not cultures, but just like <laughs> fighting styles. You know? Which oh yeah. Part of it is culture, but like, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool like to Kill, see Kill Bill kind of does. Yeah, because they kind do have kung that. fu in there, but he also has like Japanese stuff. The in katanas there. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess John Wick does that with guns too. Gun yeah, kata and everything. Gun kata. Yeah, I but, like I like those clashes. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I, 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 it'd be cool to see something that's like super beautiful, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but then also hero. just have that kind and hero, but just hero. also have that like raw energy that Bruce Lee had, you know, too, know. In, in a movie. Oh, yeah. It's the yeah. charisma, man. Yeah, like really. It's yeah, you the, gotta, his, his charisma gotta, was just through. Like the if roof. we could just get another person that had like that sort of charisma. I mean, Jet Li has some, but it's completely different, you know. Yeah, um, I think Jackie yeah. Chan is the Insane next is Chan, the next yeah. comparable. Like in terms of charisma on screen, yeah. you know, just he and like he kind of took the same path where his rise yeah. was through like Chinese. Yeah. And his arts, stuff you know, is a little bit, a lot, of, he did a lot of kind of, kind of comedic stuff too, which sure, that's yeah. kind of yeah. like, kind of a universal language, right. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, for sure. It'd be kind of cool just to see like a whole modern take on that. Just have a, have a new Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, you know, to totally. be cool. Yeah. That would be so awesome to have, to have that. I think that that person has yet to come into the spotlight. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So I feel but like that's, that's really like, like Tom Cruise is kind of, the closest like because he's so he's not like karate guy but he does do like he you could tell yeah. he like puts it in he he's puts the, the last he's in. the last he i mean 
to he's Tom kind of like Chaplin, to, kind of. He's to, Tom Cruise. To his credit, is really like the last true like movie star. True, in, like in the action sense, hero. Yeah, really. like of action, action hero, movie yeah, star. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? Because Bruce Lee or Bruce Willis and stuff, they, he doesn't do that stuff anymore. You know what I mean? Oh like, no. You know, like Tom Cruise has maintained his star status. He he hasn't. He's not doing B movies, and I don't think right. he ever will. You know oh, what I no. mean? No way. <laughs> Uh, Not even yeah, close. I mean, I mean, Tom Cruise is probably you know comparable to like Steve McQueen in his era. Yeah, you know, just being that yeah the guy who does it all himself and mm-hmm. and puts it in. Um, I think, well, to an extent, I suppose you could argue that The Rock kind of falls into that too. But he has people help, and he the thing about him though, like he he has people who step in for him yeah. or stunt doubles and stuff but he just bought he's the guy like, a car right yeah <laughs> he's like one of the most humble like you know stars so he's kind of of new age action stars i guess kind of up there too yeah sure so cool uh that was a good episode coming back off of the the topical stuff yeah it was um, nice thanks thanks for uh waiting for me to to talk about these because i really i wanted really wanted to do uh, some bruce lee action so I think it was worth Thanks, it guys. to wait. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's worth it for sure. Uh, so if you have any questions or opinions, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, we can read it and address it on the show. Uh, you can also visit our Facebook page, comment on dis- or discuss things, ideas, episodes, whatever. Uh, if you like the show, please rate it wherever you listen because it helps others find us. Um, also follow us on Letterboxd. J- uh, Jacob Foltz, Byron Goet, G-O-U-E-T-T-E and Hyperion Creator for me. Um, so next week, I hopefully Jacob will kind of be leading that discussion more because uh, you chose the, you kind of chose yeah. the topic. So. Yeah, I'm really interested. So color we'll series. be kicking off uh, this kind of color and film series, starting with the color red. Um, and my, I guess my idea is that we'll kind of be analyzing the use of color. But what do you? Yeah, I think, think? Uh, probably just do some like basic color theory to start. You know what colors mean in movies, how colors used, and then we'll just dive into the color red and what the color red could mean and uh, how it's used in these movies. And mm-hmm. that's. And how it's used in other movies. So really, totally. the idea for color series was like we're gonna go through a bunch of different colors and talk about like what they could mean. You know totally. what I mean? Because like yeah. colors mean so many different things, and uh, movies use them differently, and they use totally. them in the correction or in the act, like on set, like the mise en scene stuff. You know? Yep. Um, so totally. just like talking about how those differences kind of feel. It's more of a feeler thing. You know? Think, yeah, so it'll be good. I think I'm a excited. more contemporary <laughs> example would probably be like the teals in Shape of Water. And exactly. Stuff like that, you know? Yeah, um, which is just, I think that's yeah. on our list. I'm not sure if we're gonna do that one uh, for the oh, okay. teal episode, but we could. I mean, yeah, there's like ten colors I think on the list. I'm so. stoked for this these color ones. Yeah. It's just more. It's my type of shit. The feline mood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's gonna open us up to just a wide variety of movies. Um, yeah. So in this case, we're gonna be talking about in the mood for love. And three colors red. So there's a film series called uh, called the Three Colors series. Uh, the director made three films: red, white, blue. Um, released in different places, and just there's different stories behind it all. They're great. Yeah. They're great. So it's literally the movie's just called. I think it's just called Red, yep. right? So um, in the mood for love and the film Red, part of the Three Colors series. 
Um, and like you said, just kind of pay attention to reds in oh, those man. films it, and how they play out. Yeah. So uh, another another good, if you want a third one to throw in there, American Beauty has a really interesting way of playing with red and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just pay attention to that stuff um, and make sure you watch those films to be a part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And uh, be sure to check out my new podcast, oh, uh, yes. Cinema yeah. Therapy. Uh, there's one episode out well there's two but one's a prologue episode but uh yeah it's on inception and you can just find that just search for cinema therapy um it's shorter it's like 30 minutes so it's just like nice and dense really densed it up so uh be sure to check it out yeah and it's pretty pretty therapeutic do it Uh, didn't change my opinion on inception but (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah he dedicated that uh episode to me so i feel so special you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome each one has a dedication so it should be nice i wonder which one see. will be byron's dedication i can't wait to see <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I well what you it know would here's be. the thing is like i wanted to dedicate them to uh movies that the person like didn't really like as much and like yeah. i know that you got you guys are both pretty lukewarm i just got like more haiti vibes of inception from keith than I did from you, but I think you're lukewarm on Inception. But I don't know. But yeah, I like, I like I like Inception. Yeah. That's outside right. of Forrest Gump, I, I can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I can't think of a divisive film you don't like, Byron. Because I feel like you live in the mustard. You've said you've said some films that you really yeah. just don't like. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There oh, are some. There are. Oh, some. um. Okay, now it's coming back to me. Who's the guy who did Thin Red Line or whatever? Terrence Malick. Oh, Terrence Malick. Yeah, you're kind of not into his. No, I mean, I do actually. I really do like Terrence Malick. I just get. He 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 just seems a little. I I don't know. I, I it's a whole thing. We'll find one. Yeah, we'll it's a whole one. thing. Well, yeah. the second we get one, because like I I have some, I have like ten episodes. But my, one my, of them I am like I don't want to do this episode, and I'm honestly I'm trying to find a movie that you hate that is well, divisive. Yeah, if not, I mean, there's always season two, right? Yeah, there's always season two. <laughs> well, I'm curious that I, I kind of do want. I want like I a want top, to know. I want I a top want ten to list know. of Byron's most hated movies okay, or something. Okay, I'd or actually, if that's too hard, five. Well, I, I would actually. I'm curious. I would want to know that too. Actually, so there you go. Yeah, so, go through Letterboxd. We should do that. You can we go through Letterboxd like year by most year hated. and just look at movies. Yeah, so, I don't know. Hmm. We'll if see. you find a divisive one, that's my cup of tea. Because I can't do Forrest Gump. Because like. Yeah. I feel like your hate for Forrest Gump is just because of the Pulp Fiction stuff. It really, it really is. It really is. Otherwise, I think you would just not mind Forrest Gump's yeah, existence. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like, meh. Wait, well, there were some movies that we've done on this podcast. We were like, really There was one, like and that's what's pissing Boon, me off. Boondock like, like Saints. So, yeah, Boondock Jacob Saints Jacob the Liar was no. bad. That was pretty bad, but there was one that we watched where I was pretty, like... No, this was just bad. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of Jacob's um, <laughs> pick for the musical one, the marijuana oh, musical. Oh, Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness, I mean, those yeah. are just, that's not even divisively there, there bad, There was another though. one, though, that I was just, like, not into it. <laughs> I mean, Kabiria, but I don't think Kabiria is divisive. No, that was, that was kind of cool, though. I'm, kinda, I'm looking at the list right now. It was semi-recent, I think. Uh, um, was it the South Korean? Was it Okja? Mm- Kong Skull Island? No. no. Home Sweet Home? That's not a divisive movie, though. That one was pretty bad, though, right? Keith? Oh. Did you like Keith? 
Oh, that's what I'm thinking. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that one though. That one was like. I, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. That's a terrible movie. I wasn't a fan awesome. of that one. But there was one, wasn't there? That I was like, just Killer kinda... Clowns. Did you like Killer? Clowns? No, I like Killer Clowns. No, Killer that Clowns was, is dope. Okay. That was pretty funny. Paycheck. Oh, Paycheck was one of them. Oh, but was, that movie's not very good. Yeah, I was. I was. I wasn't. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> That's not a divisive. Fan. I wasn't a fan of Paycheck. Oh, what? There was another one though, right? Uh, John Carter. Home Sweet Home. The Thanksgiving. That's kind of all the ones. That's all the ones I found. Yeah, I, I think. Which one was Home Sweet Home? It was the cheesy Thanksgiving one with the stupid. It was like a slasher film. It was oh, like super bad. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. Was it uh, John Carter? No, John Carter was all right. I think you did say that you mm-hmm. kind of like you didn't mind it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was like Boondocks De Palma. No, no I like De Palma. De Palma. I like De Palma. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. That is weird. There's something in there. Right. Something. When one of the podcasts it was brought up. I know. So yeah. One of them. Yeah. Was, yeah. It was. was it her? Right. No, I like her. Damn. Yeah, he liked like. See, it's so hard. Percent of the movies. Yeah. I always find something that I like, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Most of the time. Besides Boondocks, because you know Boondocks just sucks. Yeah. No, I did. I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind that movie as much as you guys hated it. It's, I still don't like the movie, but it's not. It didn't bother me as much oh, as it God. bothered like Jacob. Totally bugged the hell out of me, man. <laughs> uh, all right, that was the longest outro ever. Right. Great Thanks outro. For listening. Peace, Little Mermaid. Bye. <laughs>